Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Steelers-Vikings means an awful lot to a lot of teams in the NFL. It is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh in for Greeny today, presented by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Joseph, good morning. What's going on? Christopher, good morning as well. Ready to talk with you today, man. A little Thursday night football tonight. We got action across the board. It's going to be a good one. It is going to be a good one, and there's a lot of little sub-stories to this game tonight that play a role in the bigger picture around the NFL. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is heating up and fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. It's funny, Joe. I look at a game like tonight And neither of these teams has really done anything to impress me in a big way. The Vikings really have one good win to their credit against the Packers. And other than that, I can't help but get really more caught up in losses like the Lions last week. And then I look at the Steelers, Joe, and... I want to believe more in what they're doing, but at 6-5-1, and one, they just feel excitingly average at best to me. And as much as these two teams are still playing for something, I wonder if in some ways we're just kidding ourselves on that front. Well, I'll tell you what. For those who are all for the college football playoff expanding, remember this is what happens to the pool. Because now that the NFL has moved to a seventh playoff spot in both the AFC and the NFC, you're going to have some teams like this who might ordinarily at this point in the season not have an opportunity to contend for a playoff spot to go out and earn a playoff spot. And what you have between these two is remarkable consistency in that they're both highly inconsistent football teams throughout the course of the year. Let's go back a week ago. Minnesota goes to Detroit. They completely face plant on the final drive of the game. I don't know what kind of coverage that was in the end zone, Mm. but it's a free pass for the Lions to get their first win of the season. But you go back a few weeks before that, Minnesota's beating the Green Bay Packers. We've seen them play very well. That happens at home. We've seen them play very poorly. That happens on the road. Similar situation with Pittsburgh. Everyone very emotional last week, Chris, after the win against the Baltimore Ravens. But you don't have to go back in time very far to watch the Steelers face plant. The week before that against Cincinnati, Roethlisberger could not have played worse. That Sunday against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, Pittsburgh couldn't have played worse. That's why it's tough to get behind these two teams. They bring anything but consistency to the table this season. And really, it blows my mind. And it's Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless Joe, let's let's start there for a second with Pittsburgh and their situation. You get your doors blown off the week before by Cincinnati, and then you're coming and you're beating a Ravens team, which their offense right now is basically, Lamar, here's the ball. Go do something. That's what it feels like Precisely. at the moment, and you can't win that way. So when they go and beat a team in a division that has turned out to be average in many ways, I think you've got a couple of teams on the way up. You've got one team certainly on the way up in the Bengals, but not one that's ready to consistently win yet. And Pittsburgh is at very much at a crossroads because they're sitting with Ben Roethlisberger. They're probably going to have him for the for the rest of this season, and, and that'll be it. They should have shut it down a couple of years ago with him, and they find themselves kind of behind the eight ball because of it. And now, somehow the Minnesota Vikings are in a quarterback situation, and this is one I need explained to me because 
Kirk Cousins isn't the problem, folks. Kirk Cousins hasn't been the problem for Minnesota really all along. I know fans have never liked Kirk Cousins there because of the money that he has gotten. But, Joe, he's not the reason that they haven't won playoff games. In his tenure in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins has 121 touchdowns and 32 interceptions. I mean, that's absolutely absurd. So I look at this game, and in an odd way, I wonder if Kirk Cousins is playing for the other team next year. It's an interesting thought because with Pittsburgh having a vacancy at the quarterback position next season, Aaron Rodgers, should he choose to leave Green Bay? Russell Wilson, should he end up leaving Seattle and then possibly a guy like Kirk Cousins hitting the market? It's interesting to consider. With Cousins, the problem, I think, with people rallying behind him is that he doesn't win big games. He, we, we, at the, its very core, America wants a winner. And right, let but, me give but you how many of those games are his fault, though? And I'm not looking to absolve him completely. Don't get me wrong. But I look at the Vikings' defense the last couple of years, and they've been bad. They've been bad. I would say that with Cousins, for every time he gives you one really good performance, like the road playoff game against the New Orleans Saints when he found a way to upset New Orleans that year, he gives you an equally poor performance the next time out, which is what happened in the NFC divisional round at San Francisco. He went into that game and was overwhelmed from the beginning. And Chris, one thing that people can't get behind is the idea that in his career on Monday Night Football, he is one and nine. All right, in his career in primetime games, he's 8-17. and 17. When the rest of the country, everybody outside of Minnesota, gets an opportunity to see him with the bright light shining on the big stage, he oftentimes finds a way to not come through in that situation. But to your point, he can get ducked quite a bit as well. He led a game or should have been game-winning drive against Detroit last week, but Mike Zimmer and the Vikings decided they wanted to throw rather than grind the clock via the running game and leave Detroit with as little amount of time as possible. Fine. So you're throwing late in the game and you end up putting it in the end zone. Good for you. But you left too much time on the clock and you weren't able to get the stop. And to your point on Minnesota's defense, it's been a Jekyll and Hyde act under Zimmer the last few years. At home, when they have the benefit of the crowd noise, they've been very good at times. They're giving up just 19 points per game at home this season. But when they go on the road, like they did last week, 29 points per game. They're not a team that is built to travel. They're 2-5 and five on the road this season. And if they even think about getting into the playoffs, they're not going to be hosting a playoff game, my man. They're going to be going on the road, and it's going to be trouble all over again. And you have to wonder about the head coach tonight, too. Because if they lose this game tomorrow morning, it could be it for Mike Zimmer. And frankly... He hasn't gotten nearly enough of the heat. You talk about a coach that has gotten an awful lot of rope over the course of his eight years in Minnesota. Name me another coach not named Marvin Lewis that has won two playoff games in eight years and still has his job. Well, he's 69-54-1 overall. So when you take the macro perspective, you can say to yourself, all right. All right, but, but why can't we take the macro perspective there with Cousins, but we can't, we can't do it with him, but we can with the head coach? It's a very fair question. It's a very fair question because Cousins is never going to get the benefit of the doubt because you see him as the quarterback, as the face of the franchise. With Zimmer, I think more people from the outside are willing to look at the fact that the macro perspective, he's got a winning record, and he's never had an abysmal season. See, that's the thing. He mm. took over a team that was 5-10-1, 
He won seven games the next year, 11 the next year. Then he was 500. Then he won 13 games and went to the NFC Championship game, which is going to buy you time. Then he goes 8-7-1. and one. Then he goes 10-6 and six last year, or excuse me, two years ago, and loses in the playoffs. So he's always done just enough to stay out of the crosshairs, but this is the year, to your point, people are starting to look because it's not just that the team is failing to meet expectations this year. You just lost to the Lions. Yep. Those are the losses you have to avoid because no fan base is going to tolerate that at any point in any season. Those are the losses that get coaches fired, and if they get embarrassed tonight, I think Mike Zimmer tomorrow is going to be out of a job. It's been Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We are just getting started. It's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance with insurance for cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and commercial vehicles at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. More on this situation, Kirk Cousins' future, Mike Zimmer's future in a moment And also, have the Seahawks made a major mistake? We're going to ask one of our experts who joins us on set. Chris and Joe in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like For the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Future starting to get decided. Beginning tonight, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. Don't forget to check us out on smart speakers as well. Play ESPN Radio. It is D. Wood joining us in studio right now. He is. Giving us the straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Damian Woody. What up, baby? What's going on? What, nothing much, man. How you doing? Are we okay? Can I I just threw that out there. Are we are we close enough for me to say what up, baby? Yeah, of course. You my dog. I what know. Up? What up, baby? You know, babies, yeah. you know, listen, we're, yeah. we're getting there. We're working on it. <laughs> Let, let's start with where with Joe and I were just talking about the game tonight, the Vikings uh, and the Steelers. And first of all, with Minnesota. In your estimation, is this it right here for Mike Zimber? Is this a game he absolutely has to win? I think he does. I, I think when you look at the Minnesota Vikings, obviously we, we, you know, everyone talked about the debacle from last week. 
you know, them losing to the Detroit Lions in the fashion that they did. But when you look at the Vikings overall, it just seems like every time you watch them, they're in a close game and they find a way to lose at the end in some form or fashion. They're a team that what we say they don't know how to finish. Okay, and and that's usually indicative of your head coach. I think. Listen, I think Mike Zimmer is a is a is a fine is a fine head coach, but too many times now you see it for the Minnesota Vikings, they just don't finish football games. And I think against the Steelers, who are kind of they're in a must win situation as well. I think if they lose this game, man, it's boy, it might be the dagger for Mike Zimmer as the head coach. Damian, huge win for the Steelers last week over arch-rival Baltimore. Some people getting excited over the Roethlisberger performance, thinking if he can string a few more of those together, this team could get to the playoffs, and then who knows, maybe they make some noise. Is there enough left in the Roethlisberger tank where Pittsburgh could go on a mini run here, or ultimately are they going to come up just short of the postseason? Ah, oh, Man, that's a great question. Listen, I think, I think the recipe has to be this for Big, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, we know he's not Big Ben of old, the guy that's kind of maneuvering around inside the pocket, outside the pocket, make those spectacular plays. I think it's one of those things where he needs to get the ball out of his hands quick, get into his playmaker's hands, Deontay Johnson and, not, you know, Najee Harris, you know, uh, Chase Claypool, all those, those young, um, young explosive weapons that they have that, that create a lot of yak yards. Um, that's got to be the recipe for success for Big Ben Roethlisberger if he wants to have any chance of getting to the postseason because their road – Come down the stretch, it's very tough. It's very tough for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have to win this game tonight. Where do you stand, D. Wood? It's Damian Woody joining us here in studio on Greeny. Where do you stand on Kirk Cousins? Does he get a bad rap, or is he a guy that you can win with? Man, in prime time, he's not, he's not that guy, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not that guy in prime time. But no, in all seriousness, Kirk Cousins has had a really good year. Like, if you look at Kirk Cousins' numbers, they're absurd. They're, like, I tell people all the time, if you look at Kirk Cousins' like last 16 games, they're literally on par with Aaron Rodgers. People say, no way. I'm like, go look at Kirk Cousins' last 16 games comparing to Aaron Rodgers' numbers. They are eerily similar. But again, it's, it's bigger picture with the Minnesota Vikings. They just don't find a way to close out a win games at the end, at the end. If you put Kirk Cousins on the other sideline tonight, would it be a different story? If he's playing for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers, is this narrative out there about Kirk Cousins? No. No, because first of all, the Steelers have a what I call a championship DNA. Like they mm-hmm. have they have they one of those blue chip franchises that they just it seems like they figure it out. They know how to win. Mike Tomlin's Never had a losing season as a head coach. You put Kirk Cousins on, you know, on that team. We, I mean, we'll be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I believe in a different light than what they have with Big Ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger right now. So let's look big picture moving forward. When Roethlisberger ends up exiting from his uh, illustrious career with the Steelers, where do you see Pittsburgh going? Do they turn to the draft and try to develop someone young, or do you see them trying to make a move via free agency or a potential trade? Maybe a guy like Russell Wilson. I just don't see I don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers just going with a young guy and and the, I, I just think that they have expectations in Pittsburgh. I could see them making a making a trade for a veteran and get a veteran in there and, and, and keeping this thing going. Because they do have they have a lot of uh they do have a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball. So, you know, when I look at, you know, how they've handled Big Ben, you know, 
Um, legendary coach Bill Walsh used to say it's rather, it's better to get rid of a player a year early than a year too late. And I think that's what they did. Uh, that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers did with Big Ben. Damian Woody joining us in studio, ESPN NFL analyst. Is that what the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson? Oof. Man, it maybe Russell Wilson's having an off year. Yeah. I I you know, I'm gonna give it as I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go as far as that is concerned. It feels like a combination of factors. Here. There's a lot going on with with the Seattle Seahawks, and I tweeted it out, I think it was uh, a couple weeks ago, just watching them play. They need to blow it up. Yeah. I really do. I, I feel like you know, Pete Carroll's the oldest coach in the league. They don't have any. They obviously the Jamal Adams trade, and we saw that Jamal Adams is on injury reserve with the you know having to have sh- you know the shoulder surgery. Man, they. I just think that the Seattle Seahawks aren't going anywhere. They're having a disastrous season this season. I just think that they need to start over, hit the reset button, and their their the prime asset obviously is a quarterback in Russell Wilson. How likely is it that we see Russell Wilson in a different jersey next season, in your opinion? I think it's, I think it's high. I think it's yeah. high. Like, I, I, I just, again, the Seattle Seahawks don't have any, you know, they lost their first-round pick in the Jamal Adams trade. And I just look at the teams in the division. The Arizona Cardinals, they're here. Arizona Cardinals is good, really good. Los Angeles Rams, pretty good ball club. San Francisco 49ers. They're they're fighting their way back into it right now, and that leaves the Seattle Seahawks at the bottom at the bottom of the barrel. Even with Russell Wilson, a quarterback that you know, I think universally most people would think you know is a top five guy. He hasn't played that way this year, but universally throughout his career, he's a top five guy. And they're sitting at <coughs> excuse me, they're sitting at four and eight, four and eight. Yep, that's just that's just ridiculous. So I just think if the Seattle Seahawks they, they need to blow this thing up. And Russell Wilson, I could see moving on to another team. And it's not just a blow-up situation because they're, they're going to need to get the draft picks to recoup what they lost in Jamal Adams. This is a three- or four-year right. type situation, it looks like. It's Damian Woody joining us in studio on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh in for Greeny in New York. You've got two messy teams right now. <coughs> yeah. well, let's start yeah. with the Giants, though. Speaking of blowing mm-hmm. it up, is this a situation – where the Giants are going to have to blow it all up. And when I say blow it all up, I mean like the, every, whole thing, the whole thing. The whole thing. I think the Giants need to blow it up. Yeah. Like blow it all the way up. We talk about Dave Gettleman and, you know, I think that's a foregone conclusion that Dave Gettleman's not going to be the GM of the, of the New York football Giants, you know, next year. But, man, when I look at how the New York football Giants are constructed and – you know, obviously questions at the quarterback position with Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley hasn't been able to stay healthy. He was the number two overall pick, you know, a few years ago. Where is this team going? Yeah. Where, like, where is this team going? Like, I look at, you know, a lot of times I look at what's going on within the division. I look at Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, one of the elite teams in the NFC. Washington football team. Winners of four in a row with Taylor Heineke at the quarterback position. They're squarely in the mix to make the to, to get into the postseason. And then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a ton of draft assets that they're going to be right back in the mix next year, in my opinion. And so when I look at the Giants, man, I know they got a couple first-round picks as well. 
I wouldn't be opposed to them using the assets. Maybe go get go get Russell Wilson. Yeah. Go get a quarterback. Go get a quarterback that that's a known commodity that that you know. Again, I, I look at this year for Russell Wilson as an off year, but you look at his body of work. This guy's a winner. The guy knows how to play ball. I think go get yourself a quarterback. Wipe the slate clean as far as head coach, general manager, and let's see what you can do with a with a real quarterback out there with maybe some of those weapons that they have. Is ownership capable of doing that? Because the further they get away from that last Super Bowl and the Tom Coughlin era, the worse it looks. They've won six or fewer games in six of the last seven seasons. The one playoff berth under Ben McAdoo, they lost against the Packers in the wild card round, the famous Miami boat game, uh, the pictures with Odell Beckham (laughs) that week surfacing. I mean, you get rid of the GM, you get rid of the head coach, you want to start fresh at quarterback, fine, I agree with you, but can ownership pick the right guy? Because they've been picking, making a lot of the bad picks since then. Well, that's a big question. I'm not confident that, that you know, John Merrill can, can go out there and, and put this whole thing together because where's the evidence? Where's the evidence re- recently? Yeah. You know, as much as we, as much as, you know, people clown like the New York Jets, Giants has been right there with them as, as far as just – you know, one of the one of the worst franchises in the league over the past, you know, whatever it's been, you know, seven, eight years. So, I, listen, my opinion, blow it all up. Go trade for a proven commodity at the quarterback position. But I just think that John Murray and company, I think, they, I think they're going to give Joe, Joe Judge some more time. I, I, that's my gut feeling is that yeah. they're going to give him some more time. Couple more for D. Wood, Damian Woody, our ESPN NFL analyst, joining us on Greeny. It's Chris Carlin and Joe Fortin, uh, Fortinbaugh in for him today. Uh, at least six more weeks that you can make fun of Lewis Riddick too before he takes <laughs> before he gets a job running the Giants. Uh, did you see anything from Zach Wilson this past weekend? Did you see enough good to say, okay, maybe we're headed in the right direction? Here? I think this. I think I think last week's game was his best game as a pro. And I know people will talk about the game against the Tennessee Titans when they won that game. He played well. But that game wasn't sustainable with some of the things that he did in that game. Um, he made a, you know some quite a few off-platform stuff in that Tennessee Titans game. You're not going to be able to do that every week. That's just not sustainable. What he did against Philadelphia was sustainable. Like going, you know, three, five-step drop, making your reads, get the ball out quick. That, you know, playing within – playing within the confines of the offense. That's what I saw from him against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, he had some, you know, a couple, you know, off throws and stuff like that. But I think overall when you watched him, that was his best game as a rookie last week. In Vegas, the Kansas City Chiefs are the favorites to win the AFC at 3-1. to one. The Kansas City Chiefs, who over the last six games are averaging just 19 points per game, are they the most dangerous team in the AFC right now? <sighs> Because you use the word dangerous, I'm going to say yes, um, because they have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And I think that's, that's, that's the key. I think, um, me personally, I think New England Patriots are the, are the best team in the, in the AFC, but I think the, the Kansas City Chiefs are the most dangerous because their defense is playing a lot better, and they have the best quarterback in the conference in Patrick Mahomes. It's interesting that you put it that way because it felt right away when he said dangerous, yeah, but – the faith is lost a little bit right now. And even with them playing better defensively, have we all bought in a little too quickly on the Patriots versus buying back in on the Kansas City Chiefs? 
I think here's the thing with the Patriots, and here's what I'm waiting on. I, I, this is what I need to see from them. They've answered a lot of questions. The one question that has been answered, I want to see Mac Jones go up against another elite quarterback where he's forced to go toe-to-toe, like blow-for-blow in a game. When I see that and he's and he, if he's successful, that then all the questions are answered for me as far as the New England Patriots are concerned. We haven't seen that from him yet. He's been, you know, he's been he's been buoyed by the running game, the the defense, and he's made timely throws and been real careful with the football. But we've seen we haven't seen him in a like a shootout with another elite quarterback. I need that's the one thing I want to see see from Mac Jones and the Patriots before I'm kind of like uh, 100% like this, this, this is it. It's the New England Patriots and then everybody else. D-Wood, let me jump in for a sec. To your point, we did see it against Dallas and they came up just short in that game. Right. That's that was, er- that was yeah, yeah, that was, you know, that was early in the season. I, I'm just, I'm just saying like, okay, at this point, at this point in the season, because this, you know, this Patriots team is, 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 they're a little different now. The style of their playing is a little different. I want to see Mac Jones in shootout mode heading into the postseason. I, I, that's what I want to see from him. D. Wood, awesome stuff as usual. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damien. Damien Woody giving us the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. Listen, if you're dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not, or if you're in need of a fresh charge. And if you do happen to need a replacement battery, they can help with that too. They've got reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99, and they're the only place you can find proven, tough, Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution and America's number one battery destination. Joe, this is one thing about the Patriots and about the Kansas City Chiefs that is driving me a little bit nuts. We understand what the pedigree is of Bill Belichick and everything that organization has done. I don't think we're paying enough attention to the Chiefs of the last couple of years that when they were so bad earlier in the year that they were to a degree written off and now it feels like Still, I think with a lot, what a lot of people would say is the best quarterback in the league, we are making them fight a little bit harder uphill before we're ready to put them at the top of the AFC versus ready to hand it over to the New England Patriots. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's, let's dissect each one. And the reason why the Patriots are willing to get or are, are so much more accepted for their run versus the Chiefs is because the way the Patriots are doing it is the way we've seen it done before. Very good defense, elite-level coaching, out-coaching the opposition late in games like we saw in the Patriots-Bills matchup on Monday. New England looks like the New England of, of old, and that's why we're comfortable with that. It's tough for people to buy into the Chiefs because when we've bought into the Chiefs, we see a high-flying, explosive offense that can score from anywhere on the field with any amount of time left on the clock to win any game against any opponent. Right? But that's not how it's been done the last few weeks. They've ripped off five straight wins. But during that stretch, they've scored 20, 13, 
19, and 22 in four of those games. We know them as an offensive team. And this just goes to show how overly critical we can be as a society when we go after pro athletes and pro teams because leading into that stretch of five wins, all we did was bash the defense. We talked about how historically... Well, justifiably so in a lot of ways. True. But to your point, we're not giving them credit now where over this five-game win streak, they've given up 17, 7, 14, 9, and 9. The competition hasn't been elite, but their defense has stepped up huge, and no one wants to give them credit for that, despite us having bashed them all season long up until that point because they couldn't get any stops on that side of the ball. This is my biggest problem because I I do think we all forget about what we're dealing with on two fronts. We're dealing with that team, as talented as they are, and playing at a much better level. They feel like... It may be still too a little early to say they're peaking at the right time, but for right now, they're peaking at the right time. And then you have the Patriots that we are more than willing to believe that Mac Jones is going to be good enough to get the job done for him because they don't ask him to do a whole lot. But I think there are a couple of things we haven't looked at. This is a rookie quarterback. And as I've often heard Phil Simms talk about, and we see a lot of times with rookie quarterbacks who have been playing the entire year, they hit a wall at some point where it's just exhaustion and overload. And I wonder if at some point this year that comes for Mac Jones late in the season and in a big situation or two, we actually see that rookie quarterback that could cost them a big playoff game. If the playoffs were this weekend and the AFC Championship was Kansas City at New England this weekend, who do you think wins that game? I'd still say Kansas City. Still say Kansas City. So then I don't have to switch the venues on you at all. You believe Kansas City obviously would win at home if they were hosting New England. I do, yes. How confident are you in that? I would say I'm certainly more confident that they would win in Kansas City, but I'm still confident enough to say... If you're making me put percentages on it, I'm 65% confident they would win in New England. Think about what that means based on where we were at the end of last season with the way the Patriots have looked. Like That's a big turnaround for New England. It is, and they've done an amazing job to do that. And, And I think the one thing that people don't look at, Joe, is that normally the team that spends the most in free agency ends up having an awful year. They end up terrible. And that the Patriots were the team that spent the most in free agency this offseason, and they have been they have gotten virtually all of their money's worth out of it when you consider that Matthew Judon has been off the charts and everybody else wasn't superstar level, but boy, they have really milked every other player for everything they've been worth. Brother, let me tell you something. You don't have to explain that to me. I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I remember the Vince Young (laughs) dream dream team team. all too well. (laughs) That dream team was anything but that season, I'll tell you what. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh in for Greeny today. We've got big doings in the NBA. History not quite made last night, but... With it right on the doorstep for one superstar, where does it put him in the grand scheme of all-time players? We discuss that in moments. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, Steph tried to go for 16 threes last night. Couldn't quite get there. Fended up, what, about 10 short. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. And Joe, let's take a listen to Jay Williams this morning. Because when you listen uh, to Jay speak about basketball, I think there are a few that are better in really uh, not just explaining the game, but also putting into context what players are. And he did just that with Steph Curry this morning on Keyshawn J and Max. He's the most revolutionary offensive player the game has ever seen. He's transcended of the game. He's inverted offenses. You, you have, and when I look at LeBron or when I look at Julius Irvin or when I look at Magic Johnson Elgin or, Baylor. or Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan, 6'6", 40-inch vertical. Like, it's not attainable for kids. Steph, 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah. You got kids out there saying, yo, I could do that. I, yeah, I feel man. like, even though we know they can't, it feels like they can. You know, some would say it's actually bad for the long-term future of the game. But as far as a player is concerned, I can't think of a player that we've seen that has had that kind of effect on the game. We all know that I think if we all had to select a player first right now, we'd probably take Kevin Durant. Am I wrong to say that at this very moment? Very hard to disagree with that. Yeah. But as far as transcended players besides LeBron in the last 20 years, I don't know that I could name another one that's had a bigger impact than Steph Curry. Well, LeBron has changed the way players in the NBA have gone about their business, right? With the player movement, free agency, controlling your destination, setting up who your teammates are going to be, building your own big three, what have you. That's one of LeBron's big contributions to the game. Player movement, player mobility, player freedom. What Steph's brought to the game is an entirely new way of playing offense. Steph Curry is to basketball what Bill Walsh was to football. When Walsh came along and implemented the West Coast offense, the timing and precision, the NFL took another step forward and led to what it is today. Okay, with Steph Curry, think about it like this, Chris. When he entered the league in 2009, the number one team in the NBA that season averaged 27 three-point attempts per game. Mm -hmm. The number one team averaged 27 three-point attempts per game when Steph Curry entered the NBA. This season, the team that ranks dead last in three-point attempts per game is attempting 29 (laughs) three-pointers per game. 29. That's Steph Curry. That's Klay Thompson. That's the Golden State Warriors. And then by extension, that's the Houston Rockets and James Harden when they started launching under Daryl Morey. And the rest of the NBA kind of just gravitated towards this, right? It's a copycat league, just like it is in football, just like it is in baseball. And what Steph and the Warriors did has had ripple effects all the way through. I love Jay Williams' point about the youth. 
most of us cannot relate to the NBA because we're not going to be 6'9 and be able to move with all types of athleticism, but we can watch Steph Curry hit a three and say to ourselves, I could shoot a basketball. I can make it three. He is relatable, and that is huge for the growth of the sport, especially when it comes to the younger demographics. There's no question about that. However, much like the West Coast offense in that analogy, I think it's going to be a situation where there are only a very, very, very select few that can do it at that level and, and can actually win consistently at that level. And I look at James Harden as a prime example. James Harden needed to get to this kind of a situation to truly have a chance to win because with him being the number one guy and launching threes to no end, I don't think the Rockets were ever going to win. But he's got that ability. There, I, I look at the West Coast offense. There haven't been a lot of teams that have done it at the level that the San Francisco 49ers did in the 80s. So in some ways... I feel like while it's going to grow the sport even more because more people feel like they can do it, the players coming up through the ranks are not going to be nearly as good at doing it, and thus the game may change a little bit for the worse with it just consistently being all threes. Absolutely. That's the yin and the yang of life. As everyone transitions into one realm, as everyone's trying to do one thing, the team that's going to get ahead, the franchise that's going to get ahead, is going to be the one that understands how to exploit the inefficiencies from the new way of doing business. The three-pointer exploited an inefficiency in the sense that it's three points rather than two. So why are we shooting two-point attempts rather than three-point attempts? Why are we taking all of these Carmelo Anthony 17-footers when we should be backing up a few more feet, launching threes? It's worth an additional point. It's a smarter way of doing business. So now the rest of the NBA has realized this. They have caught up. They're all doing it. So now that we're all on that level playing field, what's the new inefficiency that someone's going to exploit in order to start the next potential revolution like the Warriors did six, seven years ago? Now, here's where it's fascinating for me. Chris Carla, Joe Fortenbaugh for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Week 15 in college football, which means Army-Navy, but it's also the Heisman Trophy presentation Saturday night on ESPN and ESPN Radio, 8 p.m. Eastern. This college football preview brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage, tech-backed by loan experts. Cross Country Mortgage, dedicated to getting it done. Visit them at CrossCountryMortgage.com. You're in Vegas. Going into last night, Steph Curry at plus 130, the favorite to be the MVP. Joe, there is nothing more that I love, uh, there is nothing that I love more than value in wagering. Steph Curry is plus 130. Kevin Durant is plus 500 right now. That's value. It is extraordinarily difficult to counteract that point because Steph right now is your MVP, but he is priced as your MVP. Kevin Durant, once we turn away from football and we all start focusing on hoops, could go on one of his runs, and that plus 550 would be long, long gone, my friend. I like what you're thinking there. Oh, yes. I might have to slice off a piece of that action sometime (laughs) this afternoon. Oh, boy. (laughs) Nothing better than a good future. Uh, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. 
and also available wherever you get your podcast.